Okay, so Zalman, tell us about the work that you do and how you got into that. Um, so um, currently I'm, I'm working, um, I, I'm, I trained as a social worker, uh, and I, did, uh, I trained in addictions. Um, and I've also spent a, a tremendous amount of time learning Tanya, teaching Tanya, and Chassidus, um, as well as a tremendous amount of time learning Tanya, teaching Tanya, and Chassidus, um, as well as uh, working for Chabad.org's Ask the Rabbi team. Um, as a mental health expert and just it becomes very very clear that what people are really struggling with or what at least brings them to realize they're struggling or they need help is is their relationships um, and, um, and particularly the way they're getting triggered from the relationships I mean the majority of fighting or if not all of it has to do with you know we're pushing each other's buttons so there's got to be something more to it um, but this is the work I've been doing in face-to-face and I've been living in Israel for the last 11 years, and so I've been working online, FaceTime, and Skype. Um, this is clearly an area that, that people struggle with, and it's one in which that it encourages them and brings them to ask for help. So uh, tonight's topic is about triggers. Yes. Uh, do you just, can you just briefly define what we're talking about when we say that word triggers? Um, sure. Um, um, sure. Um, Triggering is, is when I feel, um, it's the, I would say it's the, the, the way I see it, is the collection of emotions that I feel, the feelings that come up for me, um, typically, when I'm with certain people or with different people, um, uncomfortable interactions and the feelings that they produce, people, um, uncomfortable interactions and the feelings that they produce, you know, um, and triggers can be used in different ways, but the way that I focus on it is, 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 is these, you know, what was your most recent uncomfortable interaction? You know, and, and most people don't spend the time to think about it because they were so busy in that moment reacting to the other person. You know, but there's a reason why them to overreact. You know, there's a there's we react. Somebody does something to us, but then there's also overreacting. You know, where we go above and beyond, and that's where that something's inside of me is coming out in this, and that that that's what triggering means that that inner that inner um, emotional baggage or that inner intensity, emotional intensity about something inside of me that needs my attention, but it's, it's coming out in this interaction. Yeah. What's powerful about triggers is, is that they're really tangible. So I know what I felt. It's just that we don't really know how to go to work with it or how to use it to help us heal. And we're also very focused on, you know, defending ourselves, protecting ourselves. And so it's difficult to um, defending ourselves, protecting ourselves. And so it's difficult to, um, to, to take a look at who we are. But, but, but it's extremely effective because I know what I felt. You know, I really, was really feeling it. And, and many people don't really know what their feelings are. It's not like, you know, we had an emotional curriculum growing up, so we just feel. And uh, very often I sit with people, Charles, and they, and they get to know their feelings. But, but this, is, this is a lot of what the work that I've done is focused on. And the reason to make it, you know, to, to bring it to a, a civic context is, you know, when the Tanya tells us that we are two, I mean, this is the most profound idea that's out there for, for personal growth and working on ourselves. This idea that there's two versions, there's two parts of me. There's two triggers are putting me deeply in touch with this, this child self, this animal self, and its feelings and its needs. And now I know what it is I, uh, I'm looking for. Now I know I can use that as, a, as like, let's say, the, the beginning of a path. You know, you're going hiking. It's the beginning of a path. So I know that this is a path I can go on, that you know, there's a part of me that really feels these things. And that's why uh, where, where two people are perfect for each other in the way that they, they, they can push each other's buttons. It can be helped to, instead of going to work on the other person, take a look at themselves. Um, that's where a lot of growth can come. That's where they help each other grow. So where do these triggers come from? You think that's the inner self, cause like, where did it, how did it start? 
And why did and why did people have different triggers than other people? Different people have different animal cells. Different people have a different child cell. They, you know, we have again we have two parts to ourselves. Says the says the Tanya, I'm an adult self and a child self. I think we just have to make that more practical. But if we had, all of us had different experiences growing up. We have we have needs, emotional needs. We had, all of us had different experiences growing up. We have we have needs, emotional needs growing up. Um, basics, you know, basic security and consistency, uh, love, affection, uh, to express ourselves, to be heard. There's, uh, you know, un- every collection of, uh, call them negative emotions, uncomfortable emotions is an unmet need. But different people, went, um, and this is, this is how we um, can be helped to take a look at our past, but not, not like typically in a therapy situation where we get lost in the past or we just ruminate about the past, but, but it can give us clues and hints. There's a, we came away from that experience of being a kid with, with some, a lot of good stuff, but also some unmet emotional needs. Like a person doesn't feel bad. They, they were looking for it from parents, and they continue to look for it from teachers and friends and people outside of them and around them. And then, you know, it's not working. That, and now we come into a relationship, and every time the partner will say something to them that they, they then misinterpret it as, as proof of their being invalid, and they'll react to it. What's going on is, is that there's, been a, there's a part of you that's been with you forever that struggles to feel valid. And that's where the focus needs to be. And when I do that, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not susceptible to that trigger anymore. I don't overreact anymore with my partner or my spouse, whatever it is. When, when they say things, I just see it as it is. You know, they, they said something, you know, they gave me uncle to work on it, as opposed to reacting and arguing and, and debating because I'm trying, to, I'm trying to do something else in that conversation, which is to validate myself. If you take that off the table, when I do, then I just, I hear your feedback. I don't take it as personal. And so this is where it comes from. Is, and this is, it's helpful that, that I, I can go, I can take a look at some of my childhood memories, pattern continued throughout my life, um, and I can be helped to do that. I, I'm, I'm given a pathway to, to take a look at them so I don't get lost. But, uh, but that ability to, number one, turn triggers into something that, like, uh, I almost want it to happen because then I could embrace it and use it to grow myself. And that when I do that, the byproduct is, is, is that I'm not myself. And that when I do that, the byproduct is, is, is that I'm, not, I, I re, I'm so much less reactive on that particular trigger with my partner. Then it's just a conversation. You know, you were late, and, you know, uh, I've said that you were late, but not that I'm, I'm fearing that you're going to abandon me. You know, it's, that, that comes off the table because I'm beginning to – I help people form – because I'm beginning to – I help people form a relationship with a part of them that, that still fears abandonment. So really the triggers are like the mirror. Yeah, people are a mirror to ourselves when we get triggered, when we're reacting intensely. And again, it's not that we don't react. I mean, be emotional. It's supposed to feel. But it's where we can tell that we're overreacting. You know, there's a, a trigger is triggering me. It, you know, that would be nice. But I have to also participate in that process, which means that I, I need to use the trigger to take a look inside. And this is where, where our idea that person is too really helps us out because then I, I'm, I know much better as I start looking inside of me, that, that there's two parts. I'm going to find two different parts. There's two parts. I'm going to find two different parts of me. There's one part that is totally confident that I'm a valid person, but there's still a part of me, that lingering part, that struggles to feel valid. And that, that's where the conversation has to be, not between me and the partner and the triggers, but within myself of what's this part of me that's getting triggered? What does it, what does it feel? What are those needs that are there? What are me that's getting triggered? What does, it, what does it feel? What are those needs that are there? So... Can, um, two questions. Can, if you use the example of not feeling va- uh, valued or uh, validated. Can you give mm-hmm. another example of something that happened in someone's childhood and how it triggers 
something in their adult life. Or the abandonment, the abandonment one is rampant. Abandonment happens a lot. Where and it's, again, I have no interest in blaming parents, and there's no interest in you know, uh, you know, it's oh, it was a bad childhood and the whole thing. You know, and, and that all parenting was bad, not at all. But but this is our, our this is our, our work in life. Is there's a part of us that needs our parenting? You know, just to be clear about that. But but very often people experience a, a, some kind of abandonment. It could be emotional, it could be physical, it could be a parent in the hospital for a long period of time and not not available to the child. Or it could be that uh, sometimes people have a sibling who is sick or, or very needy, and then you know all of a sudden your attention you you didn't get as much attention, or a parent left the house, and you know all of a sudden your attention you you didn't get as much attention, or a parent left the house. But this idea of abandonment, and and as we're growing up, even now in our life. There's things that we say to people with our words, and there's also things that we say that we imply, you know. And so, um, like, for example, if I, if I, you know, I don't, I don't sit over him and I don't, you know, bark, you know, commands at him or something, I'm, I'm not only asking him, but I'm also giving another message of, I really believe in you. I have a lot of trust in you and faith that you can get this done. And so now you look, that happens in the positive and the negative. And so a child who, like, you know, what kind of thoughts come up? And we do this as we walk down the street. We Something happened. Doing this our whole life. The kid is in a home and a parent leaves or is not present for them emotionally or whatever it is. A kid starts to form a message in their mind in order to help me deal with that, in order to help me be able to continue to trust, trust the parents. So it's like, oh, you know what, I'm really not good or I'm not deserving of somebody to stick with me. And so now I carry that with me through life and, and the lookout to protect themselves. And so the interpreting, you know, things of a person uh, you know, not showing up on time or whatever it is as, as, as abandonment. That's where the overreaction comes, you know, and I'll work backwards with people, you know, so let's, let's take an example. A person, you know, says, you know, you know, uh, she says to her husband, meet me at eight o'clock and he comes, he comes late. He's there, there at uh, eight thirty, whatever. So it's, he was late and said he was going to be on time. So it's a totally normal, natural reaction. There's nothing wrong with that. But, but the reaction, in fact, is a really intense one. It's where we see there's an overreaction. It's kind of like the punishment doesn't fit the crime. The reaction is a bit more intense than you would think. So when that happens, it's indicating to us that there's something and you would think. So when that happens, it's indicating to us that there's something else that's going on. There's something of, of their own person's issues that are being brought to bear in that situation. And, and, and I like work, working backwards with people because you can get lost in childhood or many people don't have any access to memories. They've cut them off. But I know in that situation, when he was half hour late, I know what I felt. And I can begin to work backwards and I can become aware of the feelings that came up for me. You know, why did I react so intensely? And then begin to say, well, when else have you felt that? You know, and all of a sudden start to see a pattern of, oh, I felt that, you know, a year ago I felt that with this person. And you can track it all the way back. So that's where you can see, you can go, you can go backwards to forwards or forwards to backwards. But you just want insight. There's that part of that person who's, who's struggled with abandonment, who's on the defensive, always trying to protect themselves from being abandoned again or whatever the issue is. You know, that's overreacting, that's always seeking to protect. That's where the focus needs to be, to get to know that part of a person's self. There's, there's an unmet need that's there, which is, am I, am I worthy of somebody staying with me? Am I, there's, there's an unmet need that's there, which is, am I, am I worthy of somebody staying with me? Am I, am I valid? Am I deserving of that care? Because when someone commits to you and, and shows up consistently, it, it's also conveying a message that you're, that you're valid, that you're worthwhile, that you're loved. That's where the person needs to focus. How does this uh, uh, this type of therapy, the, examining the triggers, how does that compare to, like, let's say, the typical marriage therapy? Where um, and can you talk a little bit about that? Um, so I don't. I myself don't do marriage therapy. Um, 
not that it's not affected the theme or this underlying issue in, in the arguments that people have or the points of contention that people have. There's something underneath that's going on. And once we take a look at it and, you know, we have a shkachapatis. And so the people we're with are, we're meant to be with them. So um, that's where I think it's worthwhile to take a look. I, I think that, and um, that's where I think it's worthwhile to take a look. I, I think that, and, and I can't, I can't say because there's so many different forms of marital therapy. And I definitely think it can be effective. I just feel that there has to be this awareness of that. They're not, the, the, two, the couples are not, enemies they're really partners but they're perfect for each other to know that they're going to trigger each other and then to be able to reach other to know that they're going to trigger each other and then to be able to work on it like let me let me you know let me let me use this you're mirroring back to me a part of me that i need to work on and vice versa with the other person as i help people do that then the other stuff that's typical of marital therapy, let's say communication skills and uh, you know, how to express yourself. But you can't just make it a communications issue when the person deep down is struggling with their own sense of self. You know, they're on, on the defensive that I'm going to be abandoned or I'm not worthy of somebody staying with me or I don't feel lovable or I don't feel valid. That's where the real focus is, where people have to be relationship ready. And that's where our focus has to be with helping people. And very often they're not helping get relationship ready, which is, is what am I contributing to the strife and the issues over here. That's where I need to go, go work on. And if the two of them are willing to do that, and they do it with, you know, and it's not hard in the sense of like, okay, what was a recent fight all about? And asking the two of them what they felt. And you'll see that on the surface, they were arguing about something, but really in the drama for her. For her and, that's, and that's where they need to focus. And if we can help those two people, they become less triggerable. I don't need your trigger anymore. You've helped me see the part of me that needs my attention. Now we can then get into communication now we can do things like having a weekly date or, you know, reflecting what you said back to me and making sure that we're giving dates or, you know, reflecting what you said back to me and making sure that we're giving each other feedback. All that stuff could be very effective. But as long as the two people are really relationship ready, I think that's what triggers helps us take a look at. So it may almost be seen that if the issues um, are, um, are less intense, then some of these challenges just fall away altogether because we know what is what the, yeah. why we're reacting so intensely. And yeah. it's not really in proportion. So I could imagine how it could work really well for a mar- for some of the some of the challenges that are happening. The child and tra- trauma doesn't just mean, you know, someone was assaulted or an accident or something like that. It was there was you know some people grew up and exposed to pretty intense emotional stresses and that could look traumatic but but yeah typical cases can um you can see significant relief by by beginning to do that inner work you know which is which is you know which is which is which is what you know that's a, a vote of Hashem and that's what you know working on ourselves is really about is being aware you know embracing that you know the azer connecto having the person is triggering me but getting to work on that but yes very often um that can that can be enough that can be enough to help help people reduce the can be enough. That can be enough to help help people reduce the, the tensions, reduce the intensity of the arguments, you know. And then just you know, it, it becomes more of a regular conversation. Um, well, another area I see it though is very often you've got one partner that wants to to change or work on this stuff, and the other one doesn't. Or the other one doesn't see the issue, or they're very that they don't that they're not ready to look inside. So what do you do in such a situation like that? I've got one person, you know who wants help, who wants change, who, who realizes that, they're, you know, they need, not that they're bad people, they're just, we need help. You know, something's not working here. We're stuck in a pattern. So what do you do in that situation? And, and I find even there, 
you can make significant change because the two the two members of you know of a couple are are in a dance together. They're triggering each other, you know, bringing up all kinds of feelings that really need our attention. But instead of attending to them, we attack the other person. And so the two of them are triggering each other and enabling each other to just cycle around and around. Well, if if the two of them want to work on it, great. But if what if only one of them wants to work on it? Well, we find if want to work on it, great. But if what if only one of them wants to work on it? What we find is that, is that they, they very much can have an impact because I can, say, I can choose to continue to do this dance with you or I can get out. I cannot react. And so I can work on my triggers. I can think about our last fight. I can get to know the feelings and this is the worst feeling and what's the unmet need underneath and how do I build a relationship with that part of me. In specific speak, it's my animal soul. I need to work with it, my child self. I can go to work on that. And then what happens is, is later, as I continue to connect to that part of me, as I then, later on, will find ourselves in the same situation comes up and it's about to lead to the same old fight. And let's say she's here or resistance or whatever holding him back. So he'll start to react the same way. She's no longer triggered. She's, she's inoculated herself in a certain sense from that trigger because she's embraced it and taken a look at herself, what it's all about. I don't, you know, I don't need him to trigger me to know what I need to work on in me. I'm already working on it. So then he starts to react in a certain way and I need to work on it in me. I'm already working on it. So then he starts to react in a certain way, and then she can make a different decision of, oh, I'm just not going to react in the way you said. I'm not, I'm not interested in, in doing that. Or I, I see it happening again. But I see that now instead of me desperately trying to get your validation, I see it, I see it as you are, are screaming or, are screaming, or, or you're being disrespectful, and I, I'm just unable to have a conversation with you now. Maybe we could try it again in a half hour. I can start making changes I, because, again, we only control our thinking, speaking, and doing. So I can, I can be, be this kind of work of being aware of where I'm being triggered and what in me needs my attention enables me to then make different decisions. I'm not giving it to myself. I'm, not, you know, I'm, making, I'm working on myself feeling valid and capable and deserving of love. And then when I interact with that person, it's, of course, I want those things from them, but it's without the desperation. And so I, I, I don't stay in an unhealthy conversation with screaming or yelling or disrespect because I desperately need your validation in order to be heard, I have the ability to shift. So the balance starts to shift and change, and it's possible now for there to be a change. He simply can't continue to do what he's done in the past and get a reaction out of her. And that's where very often call it a rock bottom or um, there's a shift, and there's a possibility for the person to change. And very often they do. It's me continuing to be triggered by you, in essence. Is, is I can also imagine that she's not triggering something in him. If she's aware that if she does some work, um, and she's aware that she triggers something in him and she doesn't do that anymore, and he doesn't even have to respond that way anymore. So if the, one side of the equation changes, then something's changing. Yeah, but it can't change without self-awareness. So you have to be aware of it. I mean, she can, get, she can start to think. Yeah, but it can't change without self-awareness. So you have to be aware of it. I mean, she can, get, she can start to think about This is where you need both partners. You could guess or imagine how you're making the other person feel. And when you're living together and you're married, you, know, you do have a certain insight into how they were raised and some of their strengths and some of the areas that they're struggling with. So you could wonder about it. You could be more sensitive to it, sensitive to it. But, but again, it, you, it requires, I've never helped somebody grow who they themselves haven't said, okay, I'm ready to do it. Because what it requires is turning your focus from, from the partner to yourself and where they're triggering you. But it becomes more possible. Like you can't get the same payoff. It's like if I'm triggering you and then you start to you know, fight back with me, it's all about fighting with you. I don't have to take a look at my own stuff. But if you're not going to take the bait and fight back with me, uh, now I'm, not, I, I'm left with my original problem, which is there's a part of me that needs my attention. It's uncomfortable. I'm struggling with it, but it needs my attention. 
So what I was using to avoid, in essence, like triggers are like an addiction. Or what I was using to avoid, in essence, like triggers are like an addiction. You know, I'm using it to avoid facing something. So if I take that away from you, and there's and hopefully there's some, and you're already working on yourself, and then there's the ability for that person to say like, okay, it's a process, um, but but it's it's not possible. But a person's not going to just change on their own. But definitely, a person's not going to just change on their own. But definitely facilitates their growth. But people need that because what do you do? You see clearly it's an issue. You want the relationship to be different, to be better. And I'm not really getting buy-in from my partner. And it's not because they don't love me or whatever it is. They have their own fears. Or, or they've been avoiding a part of themselves for a really long time. Um, but I can things start to shift between us. And I, I'm no longer, you know, giving you a payoff for you, you know, you getting triggered on me. Um, and then, then the person's got to do some thinking. Okay, so this question just came in as you're saying this piece. Why should I do the work? Like, well, you know, I guess someone is saying, like, what, if he's not willing to do, or I don't know, if he or she, whatever, if my spouse yeah. is not willing to do the work, why should I do the work? Can you talk okay. to that a little bit? Right, so what's the option? We'll just be miserable? I, th- I think doing the work, you're doing the work courageously because you're ready to do the work, because you're able to do the work and you want life to be different, and regardless, ready to do the work because you're able to do the work and you want life to be different. And regardless of what happens in the relationship going forward, this part of you being triggered by them needs your attention, regardless of what happens. You may, and this happens with people, you start to work on yourself from what the, the things that they trigger you, the feelings that come up. Use that as a guide to get in touch with your adult working on that. You become happier. You're, you're, the dynamics in all of your relationships change. You know, there isn't that, a lot of people have a desperation, a desperate need to be validated, accepted in the relationships. That starts to tone down. We become happier. We're happy with our kids. As far as that relationship is concerned, sometimes it, it's not going to work. You're, you're simply not treating me in the way that I now know I'm working on myself, that I want to be treated, need to be treated. And so I need to go. And I have the confidence to do that. That's not what we want. But again, if a person's not going to show up in a relationship, then there isn't a relationship. But the best chance for it is for the person to do their work. But again, it's not like I'm doing it for them. I'm doing it for me. Because for me to be happy going forward, I need, I need to do them. I'm doing it for me. Because for me to be happy going forward, I need, I need to do this. That person, regardless, and it, it, you know, if, you know, God forbid, a situation comes to a divorce, but that person was in my life for a reason. You know, Ashkaka practice really plays a role in this. You know, even, even therapeutically, the particular people that are in our lives and the, the situations that come up and the feelings. That's, that's what I, you know, I want to be happy. You know, that's my avoda that I'm on the planet to work on, you know, to fix and to move through. You know, and it makes me happier, so I gain. But regardless of what happens in a relationship, I still, you know, I, this is for me to do. And it also happens to be the best way to, to shift the dynamics between us and then put some, put some pressure on issues and then scream with me or fight or whatever, and I'm going to fight back. And then, you know, we'll avoid, you'll avoid your stuff, I'll avoid my stuff. I'm not engaging like that anymore. And very often uh, change occurs, thankfully. This has come up before. If I make the change, then I am admitting that I was wrong all along. This is the, this, I know, but this is the dynamic we're trying to get to is, is that, you know, typical in those approaches to marital therapy to try to work through an argument, let's say, or a discussion, or people who are trying to, like, talk it through and get through it. An argument is happening or, or an uncomfortable interaction is happening on two levels. This is the surface, what we're talking about. And underneath it is what's really going on. Going on. There's me trying to – I have unmet needs instead of meeting them myself. I'm trying to get it through you, and you're doing the same thing to me. I mean, that's, that's what's really, really happening over here. But again, 
when you said we know that a person is two, we all have this other part. We all have a child self that has great characteristics and traits, but also has some unmet emotional needs. A child self that has great characteristics and traits, but also has some unmet emotional needs. That's the source of all the drama in our life. It's, there's no mistake. There's nothing wrong. That's because the argument is really not about, about what's on the surface. It's really about what's going on underneath. And so, I, you know, thank you. You know, I almost want to be triggered by people because the more triggers I work, the more parts of myself I get in touch with, the less I susceptible I am to triggers because I don't need to be triggered anymore. The triggers already taught me a part about me, and we all have this. Because the, the, the arguments are really not about it because, like, when we say a person overreacts, you know, he was late and she overreacted. She, she's upset and then she overreacted, right? It's not really about that. I mean, the, the fact is myself. But it's that whole other drama that comes into it that really distracts the whole issue. If you then have that conversation, you know, a few months later, where she's been working on this whole abandonment thing and realizing that she's deserving and worthy and valid, so then simply he's late. And I have my feedback about that, about how it makes me feel. It's much more hearable, you know. Um, it's easier to hear about that, about how it makes me feel. It's much more hearable, you know. Um, it's easier to hear feedback when it's just simply, you know, you did this and made me feel this, as opposed to you did this, and I'm going to project all this other stuff onto you. It makes it much, much more intense. I'm right. He's right. But everyone has this. Everyone has a part of themselves that needs our attention. Call it issues, but that makes it sound, you know, issues, but that makes it sound, you know, like a bad thing. We have a part of ourselves that needs our attention. It will, it will come up in our relationships with other people until we realize that it's a part of ourselves and we go to work there and focus on it. But um, someone's got to be the mature one. Someone's got to say, I'm not happy like this. This is not working for me. Um, I want to be happy. Um, and I'm going to be, I want to an argument. But afterwards, you know, and I, a lot of times people need help to do this, to be guided to do this. But it's all about me. It's all about making my life better and happier and more the way I want it to be and empowering myself. Um, so I'm going to go take a look at these things and I'm going to do it for me. Um, and then I gain. Full well knowing that both people have their own stuff that they need to, well, knowing that both people have their own stuff that they need to take a look at. And if my partner will take a look at their stuff, then we can continue. And if they're not, and they're going to continue to avoid, well, then, then there's really not, there's not room for a relationship. Uh, so let's say someone has been persuaded or convinced, persuaded or convinced that this is a direction that they want to start looking at. How might they bring this up to their spouse and say, let's do this together? Um, well, it helps to work with somebody and to go in and say, we're triggering each other. Can you help us talk it through? Um, you can, it's, it, it depends. It depends on the situation, what, where the people are holding and, and what's the interest level of it. But a person could already right now. You can right now think about the last uncomfortable interaction you had with anybody. Okay. And uh, we don't have to keep talking to them and having that argument in our mind anymore. We can say, okay, forget it. That conversation is over. That person was a messenger. They delivered a message. And I have to give people a feeling chart because we're, um, we're not really trained in how to feel and how to deal with emotions. But I can already start that work. If your partner's interested in it, then great. You know, take a fight that went on. And what was the fight about on the surface? And then, and then start begin to look at what was going on deeper. But very often people need help and assistance there because we're so busy We've been so, and it's pretty, it's hard to pull away from it and observe it and become aware of it. We've been so in it for so long. And it can be very helpful to have support if the two want to talk about, because you're really saying like, okay, how do these feelings apply to me? What part of me? And then start tracing it back. When else have I felt those feelings? You know, so lots of times you can go all the way back to, to childhood and see a dynamic. And so lots of times you can go all the way back to, to childhood and see a dynamic. A memory of childhood comes up and we just become very aware that there's uh, basically a several child still in me that needs my attention. 
Um, but it depends on the, the situation. But very often people need help and support to do it. Because like we say, when you have two people talking, it's two godly souls versus an animal soul, two adult selves against a child versus an animal soul, two adult selves against a child self. You know, it's, it's easier to see it, you know. But again, uh, you know, but, but we, for so long, or, or again, we're, we're, we're our animal soul until we're 12 years old, 13 years old. I mean, that was the dominant voice in ourselves, absorbing so many of the experiences, formative experiences as a child, and now we're carrying that with us. So really, sort of, what, is, what was it feeling, and what are the unmet needs that are underneath it? But this is a process I work with people, um, different life patterns and a test and assessments, but anything to give people um, awareness and insight so that instead of just being that part of me, I begin to observe it and I begin to become aware of it. I separate myself from it. And it becomes much easier. And it becomes much easier. They said we have two souls and we're choosing between the two. And it becomes easier because I become very, very aware of, of, the, of the fact that there's two. And I, I can, I can, but you're going to need help. Uh, quite often you're going to need help and support. But this is a very effective focus as opposed to um, um, just keep trying to get the two people to communicate and get on the same page when to keep trying to get the two people to communicate and get on the same page when each of them really have their own work to do. But this is the work. I'll do it with people. Very often I'll bring the two people together and they'll, I'll have them both discuss it. And this, this, a lot becomes clear as you watch them discuss the issue. You know, are they stuck on the, I was right or you were wrong, the surface level or, you, and then, and then ask a few questions, stuff that was there. Um, so yes, I don't that's know really exactly why you need a professional, you need someone who's, who knows how to do this and not try to play with this on your yeah. own because it yeah. can be a slow, slow going at best and dangerous at worst of doing this the wrong way. Dangerous. I mean, this is me getting to know me. Um, it definitely helps to have some professional help, but I, no, what I like about to know it, you, <laughs> like trying to say this is so. This is why you're acting that way, you know, in that kind of messy way oh. of looking at it. Yeah, that's a that's a different addiction. It's like, well, I'm going to play therapist on my on my spouse. Oh, I'm going to analyze all your patterns, and I'm going to tell you what your problem is, and that's not on my on my spouse. Oh, I'm going to analyze all your patterns, and I'm going to tell you what your problem is, and that's not really going to go either. You know, but it, uh, we, do, we do need help. What I like about it, is, I mean. Uh, ther- therapy sometimes is not focused enough or it's not giving people enough tools to do it, be able to do things on their own. And when, when we work this way, I think we gain that. There's a certain clarity, have what to work on. And then you're coming away with it with a real knowledge and awareness of self. You know, people start to become aware. They feel themselves like getting triggered as it's happening and they stop it. Or they become aware, oh, I'm about to get triggered. You know, that self-awareness really grows because we've got to the core of it. You know, we want to treat things not on the same legitimate needs that I'm just not going to reject anymore. I'm going to start paying attention to it. Um, and then the issue itself goes away. Then so it becomes a normal conversation. Need, what does a need, like your spouse is really not able to meet that need. Like he really, like you grew up with this uh, trigger of feeling neglected and with this uh, trigger of feeling neglected and your spouse is, at least at some level, really neglecting. So now you're more you're aware that the pattern is continuing. How, uh, how does exactly. that work? How is that helpful? That's, a, that's exactly what happens. We pick partners that will perfectly trigger us. It's unbelievable. You can expect it. Don't be surprised. We can absolutely expect it. But, but I would say like this. Is like, let's, let's look at validation, okay? A person doesn't feel valid about themselves. So what, what happens is, is that we were seeking it from parents who didn't get it. We were seeking it from teachers, people around us who didn't get it. We continue to seek it from others. And that's an intense desperation in all of our interactions. The feedback from somebody, and I can't handle it. It makes me very uncomfortable because I'm very bought into feeling that I'm not valid. So I'm simplifying it, but 
right, no amount of him validating me is going to get through, and then he's going to get frustrated, or she's going to get frustrated. Because, you know, what if he doesn't? That's an example where he's trying to validate, and she doesn't want to receive it. But what if he really does do her own work? And again, it'll never. Even if he is trying like that, whether she wants, she's not going to want to until she does this kind of work because because she's been loyally feeling this, dedicatedly feeling, feeling not valid about herself has become a defense mechanism that she's clung to for years. It's been like a protective mechanism. You know, like armor that helped me get through childhood. So it's a choice. When someone, if I don't feel valid about myself, if someone comes and gives me positive feedback, I'm now in a quandary. And either I accept and believe what you're saying, either I accept and believe what you're saying, and that means that this part of me that feels invalid is wrong, which is intense, or I reject you and I continue to feel myself invalid until wrong, which is intense, or I reject you and I continue to feel myself invalid until I can be helped to work on that part of myself. I find that people are less resistant, less uncomfortable doing the work when you frame it in a clear way. You know, you've got two souls and a child self, and this is where it came from, and you're not bad or wrong, this is normal. You know, you're not broken, you're not defective, but this is what's effective, but this is what's happening, this is what's going on. I find people feel empowered and much more aware of themselves. They're able to have a conversation with themselves, talk themselves through uh, triggering and different emotions that come up for them. And then it could be affected because what's the ultimate goal is that the person themselves could be, be validating themselves, the compassion with themselves, working with themselves to know that they're valid, and then also combination. Mm-hmm. When you use the word child soul, is it synonymous with immature responses? I'm using child self. There's adult self and child self. I sorry, just use sorry. that because I find, yeah. Just if I use psychology, and, and, and psychology really can't function without Tanya, because Tanya is the only place that tells us they're connected to the idea of a, of a godly soul and an animal soul. It's very much an adult self and a child self, but there is an immaturity to it. Um, there is a, a, a highly emotions first and only then bring the intellect you know, to bear. Um, there is a certain immaturity because, again, if you took out a, a seven-year-old picture of yourself and would you know, spend time hanging out with it, there's a part of me that's this. That kid is still here with me. Um, so there's an immaturity. I mean, because what's the immaturity? I'm feeling invalid. At the same time, I've accomplished incredible things. So what, what's that all about? It's kind of ridiculous. But again, there's this inner drama and dynamic that's going on, and I need to address that. Okay, so with... Dynamic that's going on, and I need to address that. Okay, so with this work that someone does about them, with themselves or with a professional, um, and they notice that their trigger point is that they don't feel valid... And so you said they have to work on validating themselves because mm-hmm. they're not getting it from someplace else or they're not yet well, because mm-hmm. they're not getting it from someplace else or they're not yet recognizing that someone else is giving it to them. What kind of work can they do to help themselves feel valid, validated? This, this question came um, in. I never well, get validation of, of any type of empathy right. from my husband. Um, empathy right. from my husband. Um, so, so again, the, 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 the main thing is just the awareness that I, it's not that I'm invalid. There's a part of me that struggles with feeling invalid, which means that there's a part of me that knows it's valid. Um, and even the fact that you're coming to help with it knows that you, shows that you know that, that, that it helped myself, but being, becoming aware of it, uh, ideas like triggers where I re- also, I really see this as other part of me and I'm really forming a relationship and getting to know it. Um, the awareness alone is tremendous, you know, because, again, I think the triggers are really this child self is desperately trying to get our attention that it has unmet needs. And so it's part of, you know, that will trigger us and, and put us in touch with those feelings. Just being aware that the, the awareness part of it is huge. 
and understanding where it's coming from, understanding it's not my fault, seeing a bit of my past, my own personal history, where it came from, it, it makes me much more aware of it. And, and again, I'm, I'm forming a relationship with it. There's a part of me that I'm, I'm forming a relationship with it. There's a part of me that I've been running from or, or, or hiding from or avoiding or medicating or drugging or whatever it is. I don't have to do that anymore. It's, I, I am being given tools and awareness. I see where it came from, and, I, and I'm going to form a, part, a relationship with that part of myself and get to know it. That helps a person move in a, in a healthy direction. And a lot of times people, I'll help people process interactions with not just a spouse, but friends where you see similar uh, drama and dynamics. And, and I have a way of giving people um, insight, um, you know, tracking these 11 different life patterns that people pick up, that this child self picks up. And you see it in your relationships, you see it in your day-to-day life, and they can then spend time with themselves. Just get to build a relationship with that part. Get to know that part instead of rejecting it. And don't be afraid of it. Just simply observe it and become aware of it. This is really what meditation is. Meditation is, is that a thought will come up and I'm just going to observe it. I, you know, I'm adult self that's observing the child self. I'm watching it. I'm seeing it. I, don't have, and I, I find that people with knowledge and awareness are, are empowered to be more present in themselves, to be more aware of these things, especially when you start to see a change you know, in, your, in your relationships. You start to see, become much more aware of how you often get triggered. You, you start to see a positive effects of it, and you feel like this, you're moving in the right direction. And it's, people, it comes naturally because Hashem promised us that he would never give us a test that we can't handle, and each of us have a child self that we need to parent now as adults. So we each have our own unique you know, child self and its needs, and we're fully empowered to do it. And so, you know, there's a, I, I deeply believe in people and I believe in their ability to, to, you know, form a relationship with themselves, given knowledge and ability to, to, you know, form a relationship with themselves, given knowledge and awareness and some tools. So this question came in, uh, can you please explain a little bit more about how being aware can, okay, how being aware can um, help you at least work with whatever is happening because it doesn't change the past the past no of course not but my relationship to it changes i don't i don't fear it Uh, i'm embracing it i'm I'm looking into it i'm delving into my past for insight and awareness to this part of myself uh becomes positive it becomes um a shift part of me that uh, i can't handle um um, but again look at that look at the um the idea the um the, the trigger situation of the abandonment case you know it's, um, I now know why I react in those situations. I now know why I do it, as opposed to being too scared to take a look or too, I now know why I do it, as opposed to being too scared to take a look or too uncomfortable to take a look at myself. Why do I get so intense? I start to see how this fear of abandonment has really become present, has been present in many of my relationships. Um, and I realize what it's about. And nobody wants to be that way. Nobody wants to do it. Um, many people will say, oh, you're uh, many people will say, oh, you always overreact, and that just makes it even more defensive. But it's, uh, it's, it's empowering and exciting on its own, just to, to simply un- understand why I am be- I've been doing that, and then to get to work on that. Because my awareness is really, it's not the end of it. My awareness is that there's a direction I need to move in. Because under every set of uh, help to get, a, get to know what that unmet need is, so then I start to talk to myself. Like, let's say a person feels invalid. You know, they definitely are having successes in life, but what happens is they have that success with their adult self, not their child self. When you become aware of these, these parts and, you, and see where you picked up such a false message that you're not valid and not worthy, it becomes part of the ongoing conversation, you're not worthy. 
It becomes part of the ongoing conversation. You know, I allow my entirety to enjoy the fact that we just did a great job on a project and got a, a promotion or really did something really well. You know, I, I'm engaging with that part of myself. Look how great we are. Look how good a job we did, you know. And that's it. That's it. It's just small moments throughout the day. I, I think people grow. In the, that's it. It's just small moments throughout the day. I, I think people grow in the little moments they're walking down the street and thinking about themselves or contemplating or thinking about an interaction. Um, and become just to know that there's the, the, the need is there, I can begin to meet it. You know? And I think we have this in our own lives. You know, our kids will act out, okay? And that's trying to express an unmet need they have underneath, right? One kid hits the other kid, and they're, they're looking for attention. But it's hard. We, on the outside, it's like, I, I don't really know what it is, but I know for sure there's something in there. And just that in mind, that I know there's something going on over here, um, eventually I, I, can, I can get a sense of it, Maybe the kid gives me some hints. Uh, it happens in any one of a number of ways, but it won't happen if we're not looking for it. But simply switching from, from attacking people to looking inside myself, you know, being okay to feel what I feel. And just want, I just want to become curious about myself and get to know those feelings. And then to go deep underneath, like, well, what unmet need is going on over here? And what, what, what unmet need has been a part of my life for a long time? Of course, people specifically to, to you know, but it, it, really, it really will come up. It becomes very clear. You know, um, which, which of the needs, unmet needs are there. And, and it becomes part, like I said, it's part of our ongoing conversation with ourselves. Like, we'll then consume a success that we have in life in a different way. We totally enjoy it. All of ourselves enjoys it, you know, as opposed to those to enjoy it because it's a threat to that part of us that's locked into seeing ourselves as invalid. We don't have to do that anymore. And there's so much there's so much happening around ourselves. We're just not getting the full value out of it because we don't know what to look for. We don't know how to experience it. And so th- this, these kinds of things start to shift and change for us when we do this work. So this question came in. How is this different from personality or temperament? Uh, some people just are more emotional they're te- by temperament or by personality. They're just more emotional so, or more sensitive. Or is that not true? That it's all sure. triggers. Sure, people definitely have a personality. I mean, there's a certain sure. triggers. Sure, people definitely have a personality. I mean, there's a certain nature to the child self, and that there's nothing wrong with. But I, how will I know what is normal and natural? Yes, yeah, some people are just much more emotional. Some people are much more verbal. Some people are much are quiet and action oriented, 100%. But I only really know that once I work through this. And what always, ha- always happens with this as I start working through these triggers and get to know this part of myself is always real super strengths that, are, that, that emerge, real positives about myself. But I can only clearly see that it's like, you know, I've got to separate the weed from the chaff. When I, when, I, when, I, when I get aware of the fact that there's an unmet need going on and I begin to address it and, and pay attention and tune into it, so who I am. And it can actually emerge. It can actually come out then much better. Um, as opposed to, you know, seeing it's, oh, it's just a part of me overreacting. This is how we get to know who we are. And a person will definitely get to a point of saying, okay, this, this, is, this is part of my nature. Again, if, if I'm overreacting, you know, the, the person who feels invalid very often will be extremely, you know, the, the person who feels invalid very often will be extremely needy or there's a real intensity, an emotional intensity or pleading to their interactions with other people. It makes it very difficult to be with them. And, that, and even when you give them attention, it's never enough and it's very challenging. The person could then take this, these triggers and begin to work on themselves. You know, the, the, could then take this, these triggers and begin to work on themselves. You know, the, the, that intensity is gone. 
not that they're not an emotional person or a feeling person. They're more now who they really and truly are. There isn't a desire to be my animal soul forever. There isn't a desire to be triggered, you know, and like this forever. It's, it's just I need to know this part of me that needs attention. Triggered, you know, and like this forever. It's, it's just I need to know this part of me that needs attention. Then I can get to a different, I can get to who I really am. For example, the person came late. I, I'm, I am upset about that. You know, it conveys a certain message that I don't count matter to. But I can say that and share it and express it in a way of total confidence. I'm allowed. I know what I feel. This is important to me. But I can say it in a way that's emotional but hearable. Whereas when, I, when, I'm, when all of my abandonment and more my emotional baggage is also being dumped into the conversation, it's very intense. You know, and it's, it's not, I'm not even being myself. Yeah, I'm, I'm projecting onto that person the same abandonment I experience. Or anyone watching. Yeah, that's true. Um, let me just see. There's a couple questions that came in a minute. Let me just see. Um, how do I identify my issues? I would imagine that's doing with a professional. That's doing with a professional. You do it with a professional, or, or just I would tell everybody, just like take a second and think about the last uncomfortable interaction you had with somebody. Okay, where in the body did you feel? Put yourself in the situation. What I said, they said, okay, I'm there in that situation. It happened recently, so you can access the feelings. Okay, now become aware of the feelings. Okay, now become aware of the feelings that you felt then. Okay, and that could be hard for people, but try. And where in the body are you feeling it? Because that that idea, animal souls embedded in the body, I can use it as an anchor point to really become aware of where I'm feeling it. But just, just, to, just to do that. And you know, for many people, that's about all that they can do. And then their brain runs in a million. Keep spending a little bit of time just thinking about it. It will reveal it. It will, it will reveal it. Especially if you've got a particular argument that you keep having or you notice a certain pattern, certain types of friends that you typically tend to have, that, that, that's going to be a real key. Some people already know it's, you know, from how they grew up. They're aware of the issue of this uncomfortable interaction. Not like I'm going to look, I'm, I want people to irritate me, but they happen. But there's so much valuable information right there. It's me, myself. We just don't pay attention to it. But that's what I would tell people to start, start doing. Um, also, I do on my website, I do a, a free assessment for people. It's called Life Pattern, which gives people a lot of awareness stuff. Uh, my website is almanelson.com. It's a free assessment that gives people a lot of information. Of, of how certain pattern type ways I am in, with friends in the moment, at work, in my relationships, and, and, and then some insight into the past. Um, that's also a good starting point. Yeah, I did check out that website. Really, really. Yeah, I did check out that website. Really, really insightful, resourceful. Uh, so that's zalmanelson.com, right? Yes. Yeah, and on, on the website, they can also reach out to you. I guess there's a contact page for yeah. um, email and whatever. Mm-hmm. I also I created a Facebook group because I've been in SPOT for the last 10 years. For the last 10 years. So I said, how can I impact the world while I'm still in SPOT? But I created a Facebook group called Relationship Masters. And we do this kind of talk. We start from the relationship where people identify there's an issue in the relationship. And then from there, we work backwards. Okay, what is it teaching me about me? And so, um, you know, we're just, it's an online community, which I really like, where we can you know, go back and forth and talk. Right. And then also, I checked that out. That's also a great resource. So uh, that's Relationship Masters, right? Yep. And on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, last question, and then I guess if anyone wants to reach out to Adeyad 
specifically they can send us an email afterwards and we can for, uh, forward it to Zalman afterwards and we can for, uh, forward it to Zalman Nelson and you can reach out to Zalman Nelson directly. This question is about um, my husband went through major trauma as a child. Is that different uh, from regular triggers? Great question. I love this question. I, I find that the, there's two types of trauma. There's trauma, there's intense, there's two types of trauma. There's trauma, there's intense trauma where a person, you know, uh, was assaulted, God forbid, or they, you know, uh, they, in an accident, an intense experience of, you know, powerlessness. But the many people's just general upbringing, they were subjected to emotional stress and pressure for a prolonged period. If you've been through that, and many people have, and they don't realize it, um, they're going to have a hard time being in touch with what they think and what they feel just because their body is not their own. You know, they don't have control over themselves because their body's still reacting to that traumatic experience. Uh, very often I'll work with people and it becomes clear that there's trauma. Uh, there's clear that there was some, some trauma that was there. And then um, I, I'll send them to work with somebody, you know, on trauma. You know, and there's some effective techniques out there uh, that can help people work through it. Um, and then, then now I've got a bit more calm. I'm more calm in my own body. I, I, I can sit with my emotions more. I don't have these, you know, racing type of thoughts, the symptoms, you know, the people. Or I don't have these, you know, racing type of thoughts, the symptoms, you know, the PTSD type symptoms. Um, but then so that needs to be addressed 100%. And then afterwards, so there's some good books out there. The Body Keeps the Score is a great book. And uh, Waking the Tiger is also a good book. It's more knowledge and information where people can realize I, I'm, I didn't do anything wrong. I've just been through, they do that work, they become much more empowered and much more able to like work with their own thinking and feeling and do this kind of work. So if someone was, let's say, for example, some of the major traumas such as um, molestation, that's something that they really should work through before we even start looking at triggers? I think so. Or you do it simultaneously. Like I have people who are working through one of those books and then at the same time we're doing this, I'm helping them do this kind of work. Two souls, triggers, child self. You can do it But this kind of work, if, if, there was, if there was molestation in the past, then this type of work wouldn't work unless we've addressed the molestation. Is that unless we've addressed the molestation? Is that right? I think it would be hard. It would be difficult. I can't say across the board. I, I really, I don't work with those cases. I think I, 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 I don't treat trauma. I think there's people are specialized in certain areas and they're very good at it. And you know, you should engage, engage with the services of someone who specializes in trauma and they're helping you work through it. And many of the techniques that are available are very effective and, and, and they, you know, there's like a clear treatment path. It's not like a, you know, forever going to sessions, you know, and they're very effective. A lot of people just realizing that you've suffered trauma, you know, and it's not your fault and, and a lot of things you're feeling are a result of it. That, that also really helps them get, look, I'm not bad. I'm not, I'm not awful. But yeah, it really has to be addressed. It has to be dealt with. And the more intense the trauma the more the need to get my body back, to get my life back, to get back some sense of control over it because a, a body that is reacting, that, that experienced something traumatic is going to continue to react and to continue to try to you know, defend ourselves. And here we experience something that we couldn't defend ourselves from and so it's still reacting. Um, so yeah, that has to be dealt with. And each case is, is, is different in terms of its intensity, but um, I very often work with people who are doing both at the same time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the last of the questions that we'll answer now. Deal with it separately. There are a couple of questions that were too nuanced, individual that we can address separately. So, um, any final thoughts or talk a little bit more about the work that you do? Um, 
I think this is this is really part of the idea that of, of of what Tanya brings. This is really part of the idea that of, of of what Tanya brings to the world that that we're two and not one. I think it's a, it's such an unbelievable idea that we are two souls. We're two uh, two selves. Um, to know that with a clarity. I don't, psychology doesn't know this. Psychology doesn't know who we really are. Everything is a guess. There are definitely techniques in psychology that are effective. That, that if you take the effective ones, we can see that they that they all conform to the way that Tanya sees a person, is that you're these two parts, these two psychology, two beings, two selves, you know, with three methods of expression, thought, speech, or action. Um, and then all of these tools can become very effective techniques. We can use those techniques often even better. This is clearly what a human being is, a person on the face of the planet. This is their inner experience. And when you know who you are, um, that there's this too, I, all this kind of work to grow and to heal and to change and to alter and adjust my relationships, can be so much more effective. Um, I think many people uh, don't look into themselves or are afraid to or run away from because uh, don't look into themselves or are afraid to or run away from because simply I don't know what's going on in there. It's a black wood. Um, and this is something unbelievable that, that, that this is the major message of Tanya and this is our message really to, to share with ourselves, our communities, and with the world um, this idea that we know with, with absolute confidence because the Creator has told us, hey, I made you, and this is with, with absolute confidence because the Creator has told us, hey, I made you, and this is who you are. And when we work this way from the inside out, that this is what a person is, the treatment is very effective, and people grow much more, and they, they come away with tools themselves to live, and in essence, be able to coach themselves. This awareness that I'm too, you know, creates this, an ongoing dialogue of, of myself. Um, I'm too, you know, creates this, an ongoing dialogue of, of myself. Um, this is a, a really powerful idea, and this is our contribution to the world. And, uh, you know, I, I do work both therapeutic work, but I've also been working a lot in, in Tanya and teaching Tanya and writing. I've got some books that I'm working on for Tanya as well. A GPS for the Soul was very effective because I think it brought it down. Uh, I see that, that, you know, this really applies to me. And I was inspired already before I had the chance to translate that book because I was meeting a lot of people who said, Tanya's really nice, but it just doesn't talk to me. So, you know, we got a lot of work to do. But I, I think it's there. I think psychology can serve time, can serve Hasidic ideas and thinking and philosophy to help us better connect to these ideas um, because there's definitely wisdom in the world to express these ideas and connect to ourselves and improve ourselves, improve our relationships, improve our parenting, improve our relationship with the Creator. You know, it's a thought that really knocks me out is this idea of, you know, that to know that the Creator loves me and that I love the Creator and to feel that and to love a fellow Jew how can I do it if I don't really love myself? And a lot of us are struggling with that for this reason. To do it if I don't really love myself. And a lot of us are struggling with that for this reason. To realize that we're two and not one. So I'm, I'm, I see the synthesis and, you know, all coming together. I think it's really powerful. Uh, it's very exciting. And I think that we should be at the forefront, you know, of sharing these ideas with the world or, you know, empowering people to empower themselves. But it starts with ourselves. and starts with our communities first. Amen. All right, thank you so much, Zalman. This is really insightful. This has been recorded for those who want to listen to it a second time or to let other people know that this is there. It was, this has been done. This has been shared. It's at adayad, A-D-A-I-A-Z dot org slash. Thanks for sharing. And sure, good you. night. Okay.